And how about a nice round of applause for the lovely folks here at 8 Ball Brewing in Bellevue, Kentucky. You are looking live at the latest edition of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. My name is Mike Cisneros, uh, your host for tonight's wonderful proceedings. Uh, we'd like to apologize for everybody for starting about five minutes late. Uh, we had a couple of technical problems, but uh, we are uh, have solved them through the courtesy of our co-host and blogger from the gnarlygnome.com, the man who is synonymous with anonymous, the man from anywhere and nowhere at the same time from the Gnarly Gnome Tavern, the Gnarly Gnome. Gnome, good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much. And also joining us, the queen of Cincinnati craft beer commentary from the Overlook Lodge in beautiful Pleasant Ridge, Ohio, none other than our own Tina Cisneros. Ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Uh, taking care of the social media for us tonight is, and also from uh, Oakley Pub and Grill in Oakley, Ohio, from the service side of things, who I guess had a pretty good weekend uh, slinging the burgers and such over there, uh, our social media director for Cincy Brewcast, Angie Cisneros. Good evening. Hello. And uh, we are here through the uh, offices of uh, Holly Redmond, who uh, arranged all of this for us, and joining us tonight are, I guess, uh, are you guys the brain trust or the, uh, <laughs> from the, or something. from the party source and from Eight Ball Brewing, head brewer Mitch Doherty, uh, the party source, uh, I guess, craft beer uh, guru, maven, buyer, uh, the, uh, Danny Gold, and uh, from uh, behind the bar and the bar manager here at Eight Ball, uh, Peanut Kales, and everybody give these guys a nice round of applause and thank you for joining us tonight. You're welcome, thank you. On the program. Um, before we get started with the uh, tasting, which we always do uh, from the beer fridge, I thought we'd sit down and uh, talk to you guys for a couple of minutes. And I got a couple of, I guess, general things to throw out. First of all, uh, I guess the first thing that I wanted to ask is, and, and I guess I wanted to ask it because I have it written down right here. It says, putting a craft brewery inside the party source seems like a no-brainer. Was it just that easy? Or was there some question as to whether or not it should be done, whether it would work, whether it would be something that people would respond to? Um, I'll go first. This is Danny. Um, so I was approached several years ago about the concept of uh, building a distillery and a brewery and a tap room at the party source and building this um, uh, campus, uh, if you will. And uh, it, it seemed like a no-brainer, and we all got behind it really, really easy and really fast. Uh, and things happened really easy and really fast. Um, and I think it, it took a little bit of time to detach the fact that this is not the party source brewery. Uh, we tried very hard to uh, make sure that uh, there was different identities, if you will. Uh, we are two separate companies. We have two separate owners. Uh, of course, we're, we're both looking out for each other. We want each other to succeed. Uh, but it was very important, especially um, I, I didn't make it easy uh, by running also Quaff uh, uh, Brothers and now 8-Ball and Party Source and, and jamming them all together into basically one building. Uh, may not have been the most easiest concept, but uh, we succeeded. And we succeeded because uh, Mitch is an amazing brewer uh, and his liquid needs to be set apart from everybody else. Uh, so that transition made it really easy, the fact that Mitch was able to come on board and make a home of it and own it. Uh, and create eight ball. So um, it it's seemed like a no-brainer. It was going to be easy. We, we definitely had some struggles like every startup does, uh, but um, uh, we're glad that where we are now and the fact that eight ball is its own identity, party sources its own identity, and uh, we're, we're having a lot of fun, which was always the game plan from, from 
starting one. And, and what what? And we'll get, I guess we'll get into Quaff. We have to get into Quaff Brothers with you a little bit later because you're here with us. Sure. But, but what kept uh, Eight Ball from being Quaff Brothers? In Mid other words, Mitch what said no. I'm not going to make Quaff Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> not, not just barrel aged beer. No. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the, that's the difference. That's the differentiation. You know, the Quaff Brothers is all barrel aged. Yes. And then, and then party source. Uh, I mean, uh, the question that I had for Mitch was uh, that your job when you came in to the brewery here was to basically build a tap list, build a brand. Um, what influenced that development? I mean, what kind of, uh, what, 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 do you feel like you have to brew stuff that's expected of you? Uh, in a place like this, or do you get to do what you want, or is it a, because I know when we talked, uh, when we were at, uh, and you were down there, and thanks for coming down to uh, Moorline uh, last month, and we, we were talking to Eric Bauman, and Eric Bauman has to strike a balance between keeping sort of the tradition that they've built already with some of the brands and some of the beers that they have, and then trying to go out on his own also and develop new recipes and new ideas and so forth and so on and how did how did that work out for you be, being able to come in and kind of do what you wanted right from the start uh well <clears throat> i i guess i have what i always refer to as the brewer's golden ticket i uh was able to basically you know the space was here at the time i came on board i was asked to build a brewery so it's pretty cool um you know, Danny and I had known each other. Uh, I guess he liked enough, he liked my beer enough to recommend me to the owner, Ken Lewis. And uh, his philosophy was uh, hire the right people and stay out of the way. And uh, I guess I'm pretty thankful for that. And, and, and what are your chap chops? I know we, when we talked to Eric, he comes from Uinta and, and different places out west. Are you, are, are you from home brewing? Are you from from? Have you did you have experience other places? No, actually, I have. I'm not a good home brewer. I've not really <laughs> home brewed. Uh, I was fortunate enough to walk into a restaurant and brewery named Rock Bottom out in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, which is where I'm born and raised. Uh, walked in at 19 to get a job and looked to the left and there was a shiny brewery and all of a sudden you know I realized somebody actually makes beer that's when it hit me so uh, I just did my job there for a couple years bartending you know things like that and uh, worked for the brewer for free turned into a part-time gig turn, turned into a full-time gig and then went through their apprenticeship program right right so really starting from the bottom. I mean, really just kind of picking it up on the way. Not, well, I mean, did, was there, I mean, I guess my question to you is, is so you, you never had any interest until you saw the shiny uh, brew kettles. Well, of course I had an interest in beer. Well, interest in beer, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, you know, I grew up in a small town, keg parties and such. <laughs> Uh, but no, that was all the standard stuff. That was I, all the Budweiser's and the Bud Lights and yeah, the Milwaukee's Best. It wasn't in my family, you know, I didn't, I literally, you know, was one of those moments where I, I said, wow, beer is made by man. And then, you know, yeah. it went from there. Right. But I do attribute a lot of uh, what I've, a lot of my uh, success, I think, boils down for me. You know, I always say, you meet all kinds of brewers backgrounds you know i've worked with 
all kinds, you know, have come from different walks of life. And mine was a mechanics background and all the, uh, I, I was raised around lots of baking. So, um, well, that's yeast. Yeah, yeast yeah. And, so and, and it, grains. It all and, made yeah. sense. Sure, yeah. My sure. great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, all my aunts, they all baked. Uh, you know, I grew up with noodles laid out on the table and things like so, that. So when you came here, what, what was your, did you feel like, and I, I, I didn't ask the question very good, I guess. What, what I was trying to say is, did you feel like you had to do an IPA, a brown, you know, maybe a maybe a pilsner. No, uh, I, I, or, or did you kind of have carte blanche, kind of do what you wanted to do? Well, and taking it back a little bit, I was fortunate enough at Rock Bottom. It wasn't really that way. Um, a lot of people have that had that misconception and have had that misconception. So I was fortunate enough in the Rock Bottom world to come up and basically create recipes from scratch. Uh, the thing we had to do as when I was the brewer, the head brewer downtown Cincinnati for six years. It was staying within, you know, styles, like a light. <laughs> right. Being a lager. Uh -huh. it, it, you know, it was a light lager, then a pale ale, a brown ale, but they could be American English, you know, whatever you wanted sure. them to be or whatever the, you know, the local uh, community wanted. So I was fortunate enough to be brought up in that kind of a, a realm. Um, so transitioning over here was not difficult and um, as far as styles you know tarnished is our house one of our house beers prodigal and red drink uh, we just kind of looked at sales we just you know the first year we threw a lot of recipes and styles out there and then sales predicted you know what the house beers were gonna be and you know we all like to drink those beers yeah so. yeah yeah, absolutely. You, you know, we, we, we brought Mitch on to um, help us lay out the brewery. Um, he, we, he, we didn't hire him as the brewer right out the gate because we haven't even gotten started. We, we, we knew Mitch, and uh, we liked him a lot as a person and, and thought he was very intelligent. So, um, you know, we, we basically hired him to draw out the brewery, plan it out, what it should look like. And after a couple of meetings, uh, we quickly realized that, that Mitch was um, one of us and was gonna fit in really, really well. Uh, so we offered him the position, he denied it. Um, <laughs> took, took him out to lunch, bottom lunch, I thought I had it, and, and he told me no. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Mitch and I will both agree that a uh, gentleman named Ken Lewis, uh, who's probably um, one of the most special human beings we've, we've ever met before, uh, basically sat Mitch down and said, hey, this makes sense, you're one of us. Um, just do it for a year, see what happens. And, uh, you know, Mitch bought into the culture and the lifestyle um, and, and I think, you know, Mitch, I don't want to put words in your mouth, well, but he, I, I want to say for, you know, I turned it down because it sounded too good to be true. So. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask why you turned it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, literally. And I think, so. I think Mitch sometimes is pushed a little bit by these other 40, these other 36 taps on here and it does push him. Um, you know, I know he's, he's made the comment before that, you know, um, he better bring the heat. He's going up against some of the biggest names on the board and you look at sales and he's right there with them. I mean, you know, I'm not making it easy on him by putting uh, the rarest beers I can find next to his, uh, but I know that, um, uh, and, and he knows, and everyone that tastes the beer knows that, um, you know, Mitch makes extremely clean, stylistically correct all-star beers, and, and we couldn't be prouder. We, we, we had the right guy. We knew it, and we still know it, and uh, he's going to take us way into the future. Well, thanks. Peanut, peanut, peanut. <laughs> 
you served me my first Imperial IPA, Avery's Maharaja, at Peanuts, Dilly's. Peanuts served everybody their first at, beer. At Dilly's over in Marymount about five years ago. And now we're sitting here. You're, one, you're running one of the newest and most unique tap rooms in the area, maybe in the country. Uh, and I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing. But it seems like you've come a long way, as has the craft beer movement in Cincinnati. What has it been like to watch the explosion from the special perspective of having been one of its progenitors, one of its originators, one of its early leaders? Well, I'll tell you, it's been spectacular what it's been. Uh, I came into the uh, retail beer and wine business uh, around 1996. And uh, it, it's been a real great ride for me, a very great ride. I had the privilege and honor of being in a special spot at Dilly Deli where I could buy the beers that I wanted to do. I could, I could select things. I was given carte blanche. I, I didn't have to uh, ask special permission to get beers that I thought would sell well. And uh, I really developed a following there of people, particularly on Belgian beers. And uh, it, it was really great. And uh, when Danny called me and asked me if I knew anyone that would like to manage a <laughs> brand new state-of-the-art craft beer bar, uh, I told him, no, I really don't, but if I think anybody, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> and uh, over a period of about six months, I sent him a couple of names, and uh, at, at about six or seven months out, I found that my job at Dilly was not as spectacular as it had been yeah, at one it time. sometimes. And uh, they were walking away from the beer crowd. And uh, I called Danny. I said, is, you know, that job that you had for a farm manager, is that still available or has that been filled? And he said, no, it's still open. Why? I said, uh, well, I think I got the perfect person for the job. <laughs> and he asked me who. I said, me. And the next day we had lunch. And the week after that, I met with. Ken Lewis and Mitch and all the head people at Party Source, and uh, they liked what I had to say, so they <laughs> hired me on. And um, I, I have to say also that it's great for me. It's an honor and a privilege to be working with Brewers, Mitch and uh, Virgil here, who understand and appreciate balanced beer, because that's where I am with my palate. I like, I can go hoppy, I can go malty, but I really like to stay in those balanced beers. And uh, as Danny said, every, everything that we brew here is stylistically within the parameters it's supposed to be. And uh, it's all very well balanced. It's all tasty in its own right. I'm not going to say that everyone's going to love every one of them because everybody has a different palate, but they are very true to style and well-balanced, and it, it's really been a thrill for me here. And leave it to Peanut to give us the perfect segue. We are going to be right back. I think our beer flights are ready. We're going to try six from here at 8-Ball Brewing in Bellevue, Kentucky. We'd like to hear your good round of applause for our panel tonight, and we will be...
We will be right back with Cincy Brewcast right after this. You're listening to the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8-Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamel Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Mike Cisneros back here at Eight Ball Brewing in uh, Bellevue, Kentucky, uh, Newport uh, as well. So we'll, we'll ask him exactly where. We don't know where we are. Uh, <laughs> join us next week, February 22nd, as we, turn, as we return to the friendly confines of the Cincy Brewcast studio, where we will be joined by Stephen Hampton, the executive director of the OTR Brewery District. We'll talk to Stephen about Bachfest 2016 to be held throughout Over the Rhine on March 5th and 6th. We'll find out from Steve what will make the 24th edition of the Cincinnati Springtime staple unique, what new events have been added, and of course the beers involved, and what makes the OTR Brewery District an organization all Cincinnatians, and especially all Cincy beer drinkers, should support. That's next Monday, February 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, live on Periscope TV, Google Hangouts on air, and with our podcast dropping on Tuesday morning on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and more. Stephen Hampton from Cincinnati's OTR Brewery District next week on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. From the beer fridge. Joined by Danny Gold, Peanut Kales, and Mitch Darty from 8-Ball Brewing here in, what is it? Is it, is, what is the official? Where are we? Right yeah, now yeah. we're in Newport. Yeah. We are right now in Newport. Yes. There's actually a line, so if we go on the other side of that wall. My, my, le- my right leg's in Bellevue, <laughs> my left leg's in Newport. That's, that's the real deal. <laughs> I left my heart in Bellevue. Okay. <laughs> I left my foot in Newport. Uh, we have uh, some of the uh, delicious beers, so let's... Uh, and uh, I tell you, we can explain that by, by going back to this gentleman we keep mentioning, Ken Lewis. Ken Lewis in- invested his own money to tear down the flood wall to build and expand onto the party source and, and build where we are. Uh, so when, when doing that and tearing down the flood wall and, and rebuilding... Um, uh, the area that we're in, uh, that, that's, that's the separation. So before, when we had the flood wall, it separated Newport and Bellevue. Well, Ken decided that it wasn't enough space, so he tore down the flood wall, and so now the expansion is actually in Newport. That's terrific. Um, 
You've talked about Ken Lewis a little. Well, first of all, let's let's try this. Sure. What, what do we have? I've got like nine questions I could go off of everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is this? This is tarnished ale. Um, this is a golden ale that's lightly dry hopped with Cascade. Uh, I joke around and say this is uh, my Chardonnay of beers. Um, you know, there's the champagne of beers, but I have the Chardonnay of beers. Um, I, I think you get a lot of white grape uh, from this beer, so that's always my segue to turn a wine drinker. You know, that's always my goal is mm-hmm. to uh, bring people to the beer side. Yeah, it's really awesome. It's light um, and a little bit fruity. I think that's fantastic. It, we, well, got, we got the name. We got the name tarnished because, and it was all an or- organic process. We're sitting at the table, and Mitch is like, "I make a really good golden nail, but I dry hop it, so it's not really a golden nail." And somebody said, "Yeah, so it's tarnished." Like, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and so hence the name. You know, came. You know, very organically with you know four people around the table. So well, we we knew we struck gold there. It's funny because I've, I've had this beer quite a few times and I, I've never had it compared to, to wine like that. And as soon as you say that, like that's that's immediately what I get then. I get that, that little bit of a grape flavor to yeah. it. And then then the, 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 the carbonation of it takes on a whole new level and it, it, it becomes a whole different beer to me just you know hearing that description. Have you ever thought of aging it in wine barrels? Uh, we're, we've actually aged this in bourbon barrels and this is what becomes reincarnation which is a, you know, our gold nail aged in uh, OKI barrels. Uh, but, of course, we, d- we don't dry hop it before it goes into the bourbon barrel. Um, but we have this in brandy right now, uh, and I have definitely thought about wine. I- I'd like to make this the universal beer, if you will. Um, I think it's kind of neat to see the same beer taste so different uh, depending on the barrel treatment that you give it. So the brandy's kind of an experiment. We'll see how that turns out because that's French oak, which is uh, a lot different than American white oak. Yeah, even even with my compromised olfactory uh, situation I've got going on right now, the, the sort of grapey... You know the sort of grapey esters what kind of punch through. What is your compromised olfactory I've got a, situation? I've got a cold. I've got sniffles. <laughs> you I, can I, just aren't say you, that. Aren't you paying, atten- aren't you you can paying attention that, over here? Okay, have you heard me sniffle? No, your <laughs> IQ went up to me. <laughs> right. Said that. Um, no, I mean it really was. Uh, there's, there's undeniably to me white grape. Uh, I've recently got into drinking a lot of white wine. Uh, you know, very salty, tannic type white wine, well, more salty than tannic, but uh, just super dry. I, I I tend to make pretty dry beers, if you will. Right, uh, right, yeah, absolutely. I, but there, know. but that's a lie too, because I've had Home Alone, and man, Home Alone is like a Christmas treat, man. I mean, it is like a something you pull out of the bottom of the stocking, <laughs> that, you know, that's just tasty, and I think it's sweet, and and it. and, and uh, but. Um, um, it, it, let me ask, that, that, let me ask all three it. of you guys, and I guess you guys are, are, are uh, big examples of this, but it's important. I, I, there's a lot of people that drink beer and just drink beer, and it's only about beer, but it's really important to, for people that to experience beer properly, to, to taste other beverages, non-alcoholic, and wines and spirits and and brandies and things like that, isn't it? Cocktails and so forth. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, Peanut can talk about this more than me, but we've, I think uh, a beverage that makes you think is 
a delicious beverage. You know, if you're thinking about what you're drinking, then there's something there. So, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of, <coughs> pardon me, there's a whole lot of things to be experienced with beer, and. Uh, <coughs> Speaking of old factories, uh, <laughs> mine seem to be draining. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. No, uh, the, the, the whole thing with beer for me, is, it's all about the aromatics and the flavor. Uh, I don't care what color it is. I mean, it, uh, within reason, it has, you know, if I'm drinking a brown ale, I don't want to be able to see right through it like I can a pills. But, uh, you know, it, it's all about the aromatics and the flavor. Uh, this this particular beer that we're drinking, we're tasting right now, the tarnished. Uh, I I get a, a little bit of grassiness on it, and uh, the the main odor that I get reminds me of when you're uh, fermenting out some Catawba wine. When you take the skins off the top of the vat, that that skin, that smell of the of the grape skin is what I get on the nose. I was just thinking about the last time I fermented out some Catawba <laughs> wine and had the grapes come <laughs> out. You do that every weekend. That's right. What do we have that's next? So from number uh, eight on the big board, which is Tarnished, we'll move into segue number nine, which is Prodigal. Oh, yeah, I like this. Prodigal is a really cool concept. It's something that, that Mitch um, uh, really wanted to do as Thank far you. as doing a hoppy beer but not really an IPA. Uh, so it's an APA, and the cool thing about Prodigal is that it rotates, it changes um, based upon what Mitch wants to brew, um, hops available. Um, so uh, it, it's been a very popular beer for us. It was the first one we ever packaged um, and was one of the first beers we ever made. So uh, this newest batch, I believe, Mitch is heaviest in Chinook and might be the first time we've done, uh, or done something that was so heavy in Chinook hop. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, uh, American Pale Ale. Uh, it's at the top end of an American Pale Ale. Uh, you know, back in the day, this w- would probably be considered an IPA. Uh, Bridgeport being one of my favorites. Uh, so, um, you know, if you like this beer in the first sip or first uh, time around, if you will, then you'll like it the last. That was kind of the concept as well. A lot of people don't realize that we rotate the hops in this beer, and really, we're we're not rotating the bitterness. We're only rotating the flavor and aroma, and we use very similar hops. You know, the big American hops: Cascade, Simcoe, Centennial, um, Mosaic, Chinook, Columbus. So all those all those hops go into this beer. Cascade. Uh, is another big one that I like to use. Um, and it's just different ratios at, at, you know, at different times. And the only <laughs> really purpose for that, to be honest, is, uh, you know, hop availability. Yeah, so I was going to ask that question. Is it, is it based on what you can get at the time? Well, yeah, I, I fortunately have all those hops, uh, but that allows me to stretch them out, you know. If I make an all Amarillo prodigal, well... I'm gonna run low on Amarillo after yeah. a while, so uh, this way I can just, you know, s- move them around and, you know, switch them in and out and stretch out. So it f- it features it features a hop, but it's not a single hop 
Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. yeah, we've only actually made prodigals a single hop one time, and then, you know, we decided that's, that's but, not the route to go. Just make it, you know, with the, all those varieties that I named, just with different ratios. And, again, the bitterness being the same, the caramel malt, you know, the mounds don't change. It's the same exact beer except for the flavor hops and the aroma hops. So, again, that, that emphasizing, you know, if you like it the first time, you'll like it the last time. You you might even not you might not notice the nuances because we do because we drink it every day, you know, or taste it every day, you know. So, it, it it seems like APA too is something that a lot of brewers like to mess around with and experiment with and make it a single hop and and do all sorts of of. Uh, experiments and use it use it as a basis for experimental hops uh, is there any reason for that is it just a, kind of a cleaner beer that, that that when you add particular hops or use certain hops you can tell the difference so that you can understand whether or not this hop has this effect on the beer and different various because I know I mean Braxton's doing the trophy series that's an APA I think a lot of the mad tree uh, experimental series or APA as well. So, and I'm, I, I know there are other brewers that are doing it. Just is that, is, is it an easier style to play with? In other words, in that way. Well, you know, after I say my piece, I'm sure Danny can speak on this. Uh, you know, as far as trends go, but you know, uh, there was no such thing as a session pale ale or session IPA a couple years ago. That style, I don't even really know what that style means to be honest. Uh, um, <laughs> But they are delicious, and you can't deny them. I mean, you know, um, lots of balance. I think, you know, brewers, like everybody, we've gone through that evolution of trying to rip the enamel off our teeth, you know, <laughs> drinking the, the most hoppy beer you can. And you just, because we're around it all the time, you know, we, we kind of trend back to, you know, that baseline of a good, very, you know, drinkable yeah, absolutely. but also flavorful and aromatic and that's what a session ipa does or that's what a pale ale does is, you know a, a good pale ale has the caramel aroma has all those big american hops or you know i should say an american pale ale um, and you know it, just very balanced a decent decent amount of alcohol but not too much something that you can you know drink all night and still stand up and <laughs> You know. Converse, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Danny, I mean, uh, I don't have a whole lot to add. I mean, the only thing to add really to this beer is I think this is, you know, in my opinion, the testament to to Mitch and what he can do and what he's capable of doing here with with Virgil at Eight Ball is, you know, I, I was a little nervous when we talked about doing an APA because you know we're a small team, uh, we're a team of four or five that meet you know a couple times a week and talk about what's coming up. And initially, when I heard we were going to rotate the hops. Um, I, I, I wasn't. Uh, I was the one that wasn't too on board. I thought it might get confusing and too much variation. And uh, what am I going to do when the beer geek sits at the bar and wants to know which of the 80 different prodigals should he check in <laughs> on tap? Uh, you know. Um, but the, the the thing about Mitch does is, is he finds this balance and harmony. Um, and in prodigal, even though this one's more Chinook and maybe a tad more uh, heady than the last batch we did, there's too many similarities and differences for one to really uh, take it apart. What, what they're going to do when they taste it is say, good old prodigal. Uh, yeah. Solid, low alcohol, easy to drink, balanced, harmony, um, and, and just absolutely delicious. So in, in my opinion, this one to me 
is, is the real testament of Mitch and what he can do and, and what he's doing uh, with a beer that, that you know, again, we're, we're rotating the hops all the time. People would never know because of the, the base right. beer is, is, is it's just delicious. I mean, we hit it the same cylinders on the IBUs. We hit it on alcohol. Uh, we're just changing a little bit of nuances here and there, and it still always ends up just being a flavorful, easy-drinking, no-brainer beer. Yeah, it is. But to me, it, it, it kind of, like, the beer kind of represents, like, this culture of 8-Ball where, like, you know, the, the, the beers are definitely, they fit their styles, but they kind of have this other personality that's that's kind of shifting and changing, and it's it's... You know, the beer is something different every time. Like, you, it's an American Pale Ale, and yes, it's still prodigal like it was last time you were here, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. You can't really put your finger on it, but it's, you know, it's, it's still That's has April. that same. It's, <laughs> well, and it's, you know, the beer is, is that personality, too. I, yep. I think it's a fun beer to, to have here, you know. It's no, well, I think we're glad you see that, you know. I mean, these are, these are all the things that we kind of set out to do, maybe, maybe not even knowing or meaning to but as time goes on right mission accomplished yeah that i mean that was a question because because as we get ready to try the next uh, installment but the branding is just to me just amazing oh, boy. and and off and, the wall and yeah. and i was wondering and that was one of the going to be one of the questions and you just answered it whether or not you kind of brewed to the branding a little bit a little bit irreverent, a little bit, you know, maybe even improper, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, it just, uh, and it seems like that's what you guys want to do. There's, so, well, there's all, yeah, we've, I mean, we can, we're I'll, both like ready to say I'll, all kinds I'll, of I'll, stuff. I'll go first. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when we decided to, we're coming up with names for this place. Um, you know, we're a big store with a lot of very intelligent people that work in this building. And we started to come up with some names, and somebody threw out the idea of eight ball. Um, and when we, we we dissected that a little bit further, we realized, you know, why eight ball? It's the fact that when people call and say, "How do you find the party source?" We always told them take the eight ball exit, Route Eight. So it was our way of being local without being obviously local. You know, we didn't want to be. There's no way we're going to be party source brewery, you know, or Bellevue brewery. It just there's no way we're going to do that. So 8-Ball was our way of being local without being obvious. Um, so when we teamed up with uh, the masterminds of BLDG um, and told them the idea of what we wanted to do in the name 8-Ball, we basically said, look, just stay away from billiards and, and, and stay away from drugs. And whatever else you got, we're, we're open to it. And they said, well, 8-Ball, okay, we see four guys, knocking knees, short shorts, 8-Balls. Um, and this was a this was a this was a meeting that, that I had to do personally, um, and I was by myself, and I thought this is terrible. Uh, and I go back to the owner of the company, and I said, "You'll never believe what these jokesters want to do. Uh, they want to call it eight ball with four guys, short shorts, knocking knees, eight balls." And um, the lady at the desk laughed so loud that Ken looked over and said, "Do it." Uh, the, the power of laughter is the most powerful thing, and we'll figure everything else out. So th they cleaned it up a little bit and gave us the Davids, uh, and we took that, <laughs> right, and, right. and, and we, we owned it. Um, you know, we, 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 we owned it, and uh, we take the eight-ball image, and we put it over everything and anything, and it's uh, uh, become our kind of, um, uh, I don't know what to say, you know, it's... Well, and then, and then it's a unique brand, and, and we own it. We love it. We love it. People of a certain age will understand the connotation of the tape 
over you yeah. know over over the eyes, right, you right, know, right. as being explicit. Yeah, as being explicit right. and being you know trying to protect people's identities who are. And in, we've had fun with our let's names. Let's say pornographic films yeah. of the uh, yeah. of the early days. And so. that comes up with some of our names. I mean, we made a beer called you know a, a, we made a Bach beer called Michael J. Box, and of course we took you know Michael J. Fox and we eight balled him out. And, um, you know, we got, you know, yoga pants, which we're going to taste a little bit later. So, you know, the, the branding with the name helps a little bit. But I, I know Mitch uh, uh, at first didn't love it, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Um, but, My but, beer is represented by eight balls. But, <laughs> but, you know. Cocaine it's, or it's, billiards. It's I, a better I name know. than brew I, works. I, but be, yeah, right. We've come, we've come a long way. But, but BLDG really laid it out for us to be successful. And uh, I, I think we've all owned it. And uh, we're very brand specific on what we do. If you see our social media, I mean, we, we, we take care of our brand. And uh, yeah, there's, I think there's a mentality to our swagger and, our, and what we brew and, and what we do here back at the tap room. So. Well, there was, I mean, there was actually a meeting that we went to, Danny and I with BLDG, to kind of convince us that we could go behind this name 8-Ball. And yeah, when they started laying out everything that they had, and a few beers later, of course, <laughs> um, you know, I went from just n- not wanting to move back to Arizona. <laughs> like, God, yeah. this name is just killing me. But uh, <laughs> after working with BLDG, it was uh, it was very noticeable that we could do a lot of different things and fun things. And uh, yeah, sensory, what's behind the eight ball. You know. Sure, sure. It, 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 you know, a, ver- a very cool concept and a very good, a very cool uh, marketing campaign. I mean, I mean, I think it's just, you know, I think it's just brilliant. Uh, listen, we're going to get back to uh, more from the beer fridge uh, right after this on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, fans. I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pastura Screen Print. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pasturascreenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. From the beer fridge. Mike Cisneros back here with you on Cincy Brewcast. Once again, I want to remind everybody to join us next week, February 22nd, as we return to the friendly confines of the Cincy Brewcast studio, where we will be joined by Stephen Hampton, the executive director of the OTR Brewery District. We'll talk to Stephen about Bachfest 2016 to be held throughout Over the Rhine on March 5th and 6th. We'll find out from Steve what will make the 24th edition of this Cincinnati springtime staple unique, what new events have been added, of course the beers involved, and what makes the OTR OTR Brewery District, an organization that all Cincinnatians, and especially all Cincinnati beer drinkers, should support. That's next Monday, February 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, live on Periscope TV, Google Hangouts on air, and with our podcast dropping on Tuesday morning on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and more, Stephen Hampton from Cincinnati's OTR Brewery District, next week on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. I'd like to uh, thank uh, a lot of our friends that came out, uh, Jen Snyder, 
Shane Brammer and Steve Kirshner, who's actually been running the beers for us. Uh, and uh, this we're gonna could be the very best organized from the beer. Well, I'm telling ever. you, this it's it's Steve is Steve is knocking himself out over there, bringing the beers back and forth. And uh, we're gonna have we're probably gonna have Steve on in the next couple of weeks to talk we're, about we're the Mariana. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the Cincinnati chapter of the uh, I guess American Beer Can Collectors Association or close is that close anyway yeah uh, and uh, he was going to talk about uh, beer uh, beer memorabilia and so forth and and I guess the effect that craft uh, brewing has had on that so uh, 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 we will probably be doing that in the next couple of weeks and they've got a big event coming up here uh, is it March 14th and 15th or March March 17th, and I'm sorry, yeah, the weekend. Uh, so we'll discuss that with those guys uh, here on an upcoming Cincy Brewcast. Back here we, at 8 Ball Brewing, go ahead. We also wanted, for anybody that's on Periscope that was going to try out our Google Hangout again, we have to apologize that it is not running tonight. We will probably have we to change the computer configure the computer yeah. situation Wait, as we'll far as we'll, fi we we'll figure it out we promise yeah um so anyway uh back here at eight ball in newport with uh danny gold uh peanut tails and mitch darty uh head brewer uh head barman and uh the uh, party source guy i guess is but uh, it, it's 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 interesting uh let's first of all let's get to this uh next beer and what are we what do we have red drink oh yeah I uh, I try to give a lot to everyone else, but I have to take credit for this name <laughs> because this is, you know, my, uh, you know, beer is beer, and there's a time and a moment to analyze things, and there's a time and a moment to just drink things, and that is why this is named Red Drink, you know. It's a red IPA. Uh, you know, you got to have an IPA in your lineup. Uh, so make, making it red, uh, yeah, it's 100% uh, Centennial, nice job, um, with uh, quite a bit of caramel malt. So, you know, making it red makes it different. And, uh, you know, the name is fun, funny, I think, just to say, hey, you know, beer <laughs> is just beer sometimes. Red, red drink it, that's right. <laughs> and, so, and, and, I mean, again, as with everything that you guys do and everything that I've ever had from here – uh, thus far, you know, ultimately drinkable, ultimately almost poundable, which you got to re be really careful with, uh, you know. And, yeah, this beer's um, eight percent. Yeah, and and um, uh, when we came over, and again, we want to thank uh, Holly Redman, and we want to thank you guys because y'all put together a great uh, gift package for us for our holiday extravaganza uh, that we that benefited St. Joseph's Orphanage. And when I came over to pick up the uh, the gifts that you uh, so graciously gave us. I had a red drink, and boy, I'll tell you, I had, it was really, it was really nice. It was really fun to drink. Uh, just a fun beer. I mean, uh, you know, and you can't go any, you can't go any farther than that. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, just a lot of caramel malt and a lot of Centennial. I mean, like six pounds per barrel, uh, Centennial. It's a little ridiculous, but it keeps it tasting good for a while because. Um, when it comes down to it, we try to just make the best beer possible and, uh, you know, lots of grassiness to it. I mean, Centennial is a pretty distinct hop. Uh, so. This is the third of our, what we call our house beers. You know, Tarnished Prodigal and Red Drink are part of our, our house lineup that we do. 
Um, you know, I, I hope to one day get there and, uh, you know, four-pack 16.9-ounce cans of red drink I think would be a lot of fun to get there. Um, so, you know, it's something that, uh, uh, you know, we're always pushing for and striving for, but uh, uh, this is another one that's extremely popular for us. And, uh, you know, it, it, for good measure, it's, it's one of the house lineup that we do. We'll never steer away from, from this one. And again, this is uh, this is the hoppiest of of our house beers that we make on a regular basis, and even though it's very well hopped, big hop content, it's still very well balanced. It's got it's got a nice big malt backbone that substantiates the use of hop, and it's delicious. You can drink two or three of them, and it's very clean. Now on the on the tap list, right? You know, there's what did we say? Eleven beers before we got started. Yeah, yeah you got right, eleven, eleven, right now, eight balls. Right now we have eleven. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, something. But 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 there's a one, 40, one and a half 40, eight balls. Forty-two, uh, Forty, forty-two oh, in yeah, all. The big board's forty-two. So what you've got, in other words, you said you say this is the hoppiest offering. The, is the fact that you have a lot of other stuff on your tap list that really are hot bombs. I mean, I've had my Keller 1000 here. Sure. I've had a whole bunch. Does that mean that you don't feel like you have to brew, you know, a 120 IBU, you know, melt your teeth, knock out? I don't think uh, Mitch feels like he has to brew anything. Um, I think Mitch, Mitch and Virgil um, brew what they want in the moment and what they think will go over well. I mean, obviously, you know, we all look at trends and, and popularity and things like that, but, uh, uh, you know, for no reason at all, we'll, we'll, we'll brew a Belgian triple in the heat in June. Um, you know, we'll, we'll brew a barley wine in May. It doesn't matter to us. Um, you know, so uh, I, I, don't, I don't think the, the big board uh, puts any pressure, and I don't want to speak for, for you, Mitch, but, you know, I, I think we, we, we brew what we want and in the moment. Yeah, it's not pressure. It's, it's inspiration, if anything. Um, and yeah, I mean, to me, this is as hoppy as it needs to be. Does it? Does it? Does <laughs> After this, can you drink? Can you, you know, to a certain point, like my my job is to also make beers that you can drink more than just one, right? So even though in a little while we're going to try a beer that you probably shouldn't drink more than one of, <laughs> uh, you to. you probably could <laughs> if you wanted to. So does it, but does it take the pressure off, though, a little bit, too, to know that you have that freedom, that you don't have to brew a certain style? That I Well, mean, I mean, it you know, I'm fortunate. Like I said, from the beginning, that was always it's the way just, it was. It's such a unique place that it's, it's as much a beer bar as it is a brewery. You know, it's, it's a place that you can go and you, well, can, you can get that, that McAllen. You know, I'd say... You know, I wish I had more tanks, uh, and I love, but it, it's, I'd call it more of a before. beer bar than a brewery. Yeah. You know, most people walk in here, and they they see it as a beer bar, even though... Even though they're look looking right, right through there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but, but even at Rock Bottom, we used to get the question, are, are those real? You know? We, we, <laughs> figment of your imagination. We, we built this... We built this room for the beer geek. I mean, yeah. we, we did. That, that was our inspiration. Our inspiration, you know, well, you have to remember. Did. Yeah. You have to remember when, when, when Ken and I Which picked out the floor, picked out the walls, picked out the atmosphere in the building, you know, all we were were retailers. Uh, so our inspiration was the beer nerd uh, and, and to really build something for them. Um, you know, and you come in and see this board and you don't recognize 12 or 15 of the beers on there, um, you know, because 
no one else will take a chance on those beers. Uh, but, but we know from a history how good they are and that they deserve to be uh, shared because uh, that's another goal of ours is to share beer with as many people as possible. Uh, w- we built this room for the beer dork. And <laughs> just so happens that there's a brewery in it too that makes unbelievable beer. I think our, our, our primary function here is, is to be the tap room for eight ball brewing, but we're very unique as a tap room because most tap rooms only feature their own products. Right. And here we are selecting quality craft brew from all around the world. I mean, whales. And we I mean, feature our beers yeah. next to those. Right. And, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, it's not like we're confined to any rote uh selection of beers i think we've had over 20 different styles of beers so far and a couple of years and uh you know the sky's the limit these mitch and virgil are both very well accomplished brewers and and they can come out with some really kick-ass beer well and danny you know knows every shack in the world that's brewing beer <laughs> i asked him i'm like where's this from you know oh this is from so and so and his cousin and it's brewed here on this hill it's <laughs> very impressive you know I, what danny knows about the beer world out there i you know and, if, and I, then if that's you gotta, want a question answered he's probably got and it. then that's got to be such a, a an advantage for you because he's always bringing this stuff in to you you and you peanut and mitch get to taste it get yeah. to try i it. would have never heard of a churro beer until i worked here <laughs> i've never heard of one that's for sure you know, i don't really know much Is more it good? than that uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it was very churro-like. <laughs> we, we have a lot of fun here. Uh, you know, it, it, it excites me. You know, I, I've known this guy for, I, I've known Peanut for 16, 17 years now, and uh, uh, it excites me to put beer on tap that, you know, he says, you got, you got that. You, we're going to have that on draft. Uh, <laughs> you know, that excites me. And then, you know, uh, and then there's been times where I've given Mitch, you know, plenty of tastes of, of uh, of different beers and, and just watched his mind kind of race. Uh, not that we're going to copycat a style, but uh, maybe it triggers something to put his own spin on. Um, right. we, we have a end result is we have a, a lot of fun back. Well, there. I mean, craft beer is kind of like comedy, right? You've never really, you, you know, you, you've never heard a joke that you didn't want to steal. I don't know how, exactly how that went, but I've never heard a joke that I didn't want to steal. Right. I think is what Burl used to right. say or something like that. Well, so. you know, I mean, so so you know. The most adventurous drinkers in the world are craft beer drinkers um, because you have to think about it. You know, wine is going to taste like wine, whether it be red or white. Bourbon is going to taste like bourbon, scotch like scotch, tequila like tequila. When it comes to beer, uh, it's, it's the brain. Uh, whatever the brain can think of, uh, it, there's, there's no limit on it. There's no maxing out on it. Uh, if you can think it, and, and then you can create it, uh, which makes it definitely the most adventurous beverage on the planet. And, and we ex- we try to exploit that. Let's continue the uh, adventure. We have another uh, yoga palette there. Oh yes, this is well known to uh, a number of the uh, pa- uh, several of the panelists, or at least myself and the the young lady sitting to my immediate right, uh, as something else in a different time in a different place. Uh, but uh, this 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 recipe comes. What you get now? 
this recipe. Well, I'm not going to necessarily say I think what I'm he's getting talking at. Talking about yoga, but pants. this, yeah, but this comes to us from uh, from Virgil. From uh, yeah, man, yeah. Virgil. If you keep hearing that name, if you don't know, you should know. Uh, Virgil. Uh, real quick story. Uh, Virgil, I had known through the very first Cincy collaboration beer, which is actually. You know something I just thought of. Man, oh um, man. We met we met uh, making that beer together at Mount Carmel, which is where Virgil worked for many right, years. Right, right. That's what I was getting at. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to mention it, but sure. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have a, a history, and um, you know that was a great one for Virgil. And you know the story is that I was running the brewery by myself because Andrew, who started out here, wanted to get back home to Cleveland, and he's working at Hofbrauhaus House in Cleveland now. Which, yes, there is a Hofbrau in Cleveland, if you didn't know. Um, and uh, so I was running the brewery. I think it was like a, I want to say it was a Saturday. Just I came into the bar while I was waiting on something in the brewery, and Virgil walked in, and, uh, you know, I said, yeah, I'm running the brewery by myself looking for somebody, and that's when our both of our heads kind of turned and looked at each other. And, you know, we enjoyed working with each other on the collaboration beer and that's a lot of what beer is about it's not you know just it's the vibe is who you work with not only the beer we had mike dewey on a couple of weeks ago and then we also had mike on he was i think our third second guest but my first interview for for the program and i discussed with him to the certain extent of him kind of feeling like a I don't know, Bill Belichick of beer, because hmm. he's starting to have a brewing tree that's that's starting to reach out and to fan out into not only Cincinnati, but now Chris Camboris is up in Lorraine trying to start something up there. And of course, Danny was involved with Mike at Quaff Bro- doing Quaff Brothers stuff, and Peanut was a habitué of Mount Carmel Brewing uh, Company in the tap room up there for quite some time. Um, so his his tentacles are spreading out wide and this is what you know this is what this was brewed also at mount carmel known as known as another name uh but it's just a terrific 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 beer and i'm so absolutely as good as i remember it uh you know i think a little bit better than i remember it honestly it's really good it's what what hops hops are these i wouldn't know i you know um, well we're telling you but 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 black ipa amarillo um, well, in the boil, it's it's Amarillo um, and Chinook, if I'm not mistaken. But the dry hops you're smelling is a lot. Uh, actually, in the boil, there's citra as well. Yeah. But you're smelling a lot of citra and Chinook in the dry hop. Uh, this beer uh, has some chocolate rye in it, which is pretty neat. It's got uh, midnight wheat uh, and some caramel malt, and it's also got... Uh, you know, like I said, a lot of Citra and Chinook, and it's brewed with honey as well, which uh, I thought was an interesting uh, addition. Um, and, yeah, I love this beer. Virgil did an awesome job. Uh, it, I think it represents what 8-Ball is. It's balanced. Uh, you know what it is when you smell it. You know it's a hoppy, dark beer. <laughs> uh, bitterness, I think, is just nailed perfectly along with the roast malt because that's hard to do. And uh, it's got a nice, you know, balanced finish uh, that kind of keeps you coming back for more, in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, a dark, you know, a black IPA, but it, it drinks like, 
I mean, to me, it drinks it drinks to a lot like a Russian Imperial Stout. I mean, I just really it's it's got that characteristic to it, and you know maybe a, a you know a Russian Imperial that somebody got a little bit too close to with the you know hot bucket or whatever. But it, it's a bit of a mind tease. I mean, I mean yeah, you know, I mean, por- dry hop porter, uh, uh-huh, black yeah, IPA. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we were brewing this and the the smell of the store, which I tell you, when you walk in here sometimes at 7:30 in the morning uh, through the front door. And you can tell that Virgil and Mitch are back there. Uh, it, it's a good day, you know, and, and, and you have that, those aromas that are going all day long. And I remember walking back there a certain day and asked Virgil, what are we doing? The store <laughs> smells amazing right now. He's like, I'm doing my black IPA. I'm like, awesome. What's the name? He's like, yoga pants. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to kill this yeah. thing. And yeah. uh, the end result, I, I you know, again, I'm, I'm a little partial, okay, uh, but I think he nailed it. I think he absolutely killed it on yeah, the spear. I agree. Very, very successful. I agree. Yeah, it's beautiful. And you know, you keep asking uh, about, you know, are there any rains? I mean, this was Virgil. Whatever you want to do, man. And this is what he chose. And well, and well, rightfully so too. I mean, he went right to his probably what what's was his magnum opus over at Mount Carmel, and, and this is absolutely just right down, yeah. the, right down the middle, I yeah, mean, right down the heart of the plate. From what I know, this is a, a homebrew recipe that he used to do with his buddy named Travis. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. so and listen, uh, we've got one more. Two. Two more. Wow. Jeez. All right. Jeez. Well, we better get moving. <laughs> we can run faster. We had to talk about Virgil a lot. Yeah, really. <laughs> you. uh, so uh, from 8-Ball Brewing in uh, Newport, Kentucky, you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast and be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. Hey, this is Mike Albaroff from Nine Giant Brewing in Pleasant Ridge. You are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, this is Brandon Hughes from Nine Giant Brewing in Pea Ridge, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, this is Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel Brewing Company in Mount Carmel, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Back here on Cincy Brewcast, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sling out this uh, ad lib promo. But in two weeks' time, that's February, or uh, it's uh, Monday night, February uh, 29th, uh, so the leap day, uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, from Rheingeist Brewing, we are going to be covering the inaugural Cincinnati Beer Week collaboration beers draft. Uh, we are going I feel to be. Like this is going to be right up your alley. We are going too. to be at at Rheingeist Brewing. The Cincinnati craft brewers are going to be on the clock. Uh, 
and uh, and we're going to be at uh, Ryan Geist Brewing. We're going to do our live program starting at 8 p.m. Well, we haven't actually talked about this. We we may even just throw Periscope up the whole time. We may, but we, we don't really know what and, we're going to do yet. Well, <laughs> we are definitely going to cover the draft. I definitely want to get there at 5 o'clock, get the first round draft choice and, and right. whatever, and, 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 and speak to the various. We're going to talk to a lot of the brewers. Hopefully we get a chance to talk to the guys here from 8-Ball. We'll be who, is, who is one of the five, I guess, team owners is the only way that I can captains figure out the team captains, captains or whatever. Uh, they, we've got it's, it's eight ball, Listerman, Mount Carmel, uh, Braxton and uh, 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 Blank Slate. And um, so uh, that is February 29th. Definitely live Periscope uh, at eight at, at eight p.m. Uh, on Monday night, February 29th. And. You know, extensive coverage throughout the day, and we'll have actualities. We'll have the first round draft choice, all of that stuff. So we're going to be over there all day that day. So without without carrying on too much about it, since it is a few weeks away, do you guys have any idea what you're doing? Well, that was have the you question. have you thought about this at all? Right. Do you understand? Like, no. do you, have you like planned anything as now far listen, as how listen, this is going to go? Now, now you said that, but what I wrote here is really funny. Okay. Right, well, you read yours. Then. <laughs> I'm funnier it, than it you. It says Eight Ball is a Cincy Beer Week collaboration team leader. Two weeks away from the draft, any mock drafting going on? Are you guys looking to draft a rookie <laughs> sensation or a crafty veteran? <laughs> Somebody with flashy, fancy funny. brews or a solid contributor with good production? Well, this is the first year, and uh, sorry, my understanding. <laughs> You draw out of a hat. It's all good. You draw it out of a hat to see who the team owners are, and then from there, right? It's all just. I mean, organic. You're, you're like picking pick, a like draft. picking teams for dodgeball. Yeah, but uh, but you, there there has to be some kind of thought that goes into who do you pick for that that team. I mean, there's. Are there I think it's all random, and we're gonna partner um, uh, big breweries with small breweries, so. You know, there's that a mix. A they want to know if you know anything. Do you know anything? That makes it a little less fun. Uh, I'm figuring that out like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's you'll the know, first, it's you'll the know first when you year. get there. It's the fir- all that matters is good beer comes in the end. You know? and, and that's we'll we'll be sure to do because that. Because part of what we're political. getting uh, from from, <laughs> from I am Switzerland. <laughs> from, I expected better out of you. I'm Switzerland in this industry. Part man. of the information we're getting from Chris and, and Becca and people that are involved in the board down there is that is nobody that knows what's going there's on. There's going to be there's going to be also drafting of the style and of the various ingredients and various flavorings and so forth. Organic I mean, process. That's what we do at Eight Ball. So I'm I'm okay. down All with right. it at at the uh, it's gonna be fun, okay? The collaboration. It's, it's, it's cool. I appreciate what they're trying to do. I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to diversify because a lot of breweries have shown up, and a lot of different sizes have shown up in Cincinnati. So you know, you got to think we've taken this six years ago uh, at Mount Carmel. It was like four or five breweries. Mm-hmm. One of them right. doesn't even exist anymore. So as we grow. It really is a work in progress, and I mean, I'm fortunate <laughs> that we are considered uh, a Cincinnati brewery. I mean, so I'm yeah. I'm happy to to be along with that because you know technically we're in Bellevue. Well, Newport, you know. but no, yeah. my my point being is that they're trying to just make it fair for everybody and uh, come up with the best beer possible and also have a diversity in styles and sure. that way you're not trying well, five beers, and that way, five that way it doesn't is, become a competition yeah. I'm, you know I'm, if we're making different beers in these teams it doesn't become a competition because that's not what we're about we're about 
just you know bringing Cincinnati to the forefront of craft beer and getting people to travel here because right, right. that's what beer's doing these days. We'll, we'll talk about it, I guess, when <laughs> when when we're sitting there at at the event. I'm just there's so much that I'm curious about and how this is going to go. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, we hold in our hand uh, another uh, beautiful uh, beer from Eight Ball Brewing here in Bellevue, Newport, Kentucky, <laughs> which is to me, I you know, I can't imagine. I can't imagine if you go to Florida, if you're from Newport or Bellevue or whatever, and you go to Florida and somebody asks you where you're from, and we, you say Newport, Kentucky, and they go, what? We just say Covington. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, no. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it all gets mushed, meshed together, Newport, Bellevue, Covington. Uh, you wouldn't believe, you know, the, the phone calls we get or, or I hear people on the phone or, or they check in from wherever and... Uh, yeah, it, it, we could be at any place right now. We could be in Covington, Newport, How many Bellevue. parking spaces are there? Yeah, there's, there's, there's three. Uh, no, there, there, there's only one. But, um, you know, so uh, this is Dopio, uh, which is... Yes, it is. Mitch. Uh, yes, it is. Take it away, please. Uh, well, Dopio in a fancy coffee shop in Italy means double shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a porter with coffee added. And um, this is nitro. I believe. Mm-hmm. No, straight up. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a nitro and we have a CO2 on tap. So um, it's been sitting there for a while, which I'm going to blame on that guy. <laughs> but no, no, no. Um, so this is uh, balanced again. You definitely know there's coffee in it, but coffee is not the forefront of the beer. I think beer well. should have balance. It should have layers of flavor. My goal is to make a clean, palatable beer with layers of flavor. Um, I could drink 10,000 of them. Sweet. So good. Sweet. And that's my goal. You know, uh, some people say, oh, there's not enough coffee in this. Well, drink it, you know, have a second one and the coffee just comes through. Um, I think aroma-wise, it's a bomb. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it yeah. comes right through. I mean, it's I'm just, glad you know. You, yeah. I'm glad you noticed because that is actually coming from the whole bean, in my opinion. That's coming from the whole bean being steeped in the, uh, the final product, kind of like a dry hop. So you don't crush the bean. You don't get any of the roast or that harsh bitterness that coffee can have. And, you just and throw it in there. Who's our partner on this one? Carabello Coffee. That's what I was yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stole yeah. my question. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> we, we, uh, all, the, all the coffee beers we do, we do a, something we call Bello Prodigal. All Carabello Coffee, which, um, you know, is great. We actually sit down with those guys and tell them the nuances of the beer and tell them what we want out of the final product, and they deliver. I mean, whether it be K-Hole or Bello Prodigal or Dopio, you know, I say, hey, these are the characteristics I would like to get out of the final product, and then they tell us what coffee will work with that. So Wasn't it's there neat. a Bello Bach, too? There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a while ago. Yeah. That's good memory. Let's redo that one. That's yeah. it's good. Yeah, to Surprisingly, me it's box season right now. Well, well you know, there. we're all we're all big coffee drinkers around here. Uh, you know, yeah, at, yeah. At, 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 yeah. At any point, uh, the three of us consume a um, terrible <laughs> amount of coffee, like uh, all day, all day, bed. all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with um, caffeine. And uh, you know, but but you know, again, I, I think you're probably hopefully if there's one thing that you walk away from tasting this flight uh, is 
the bounce and the, just the nuance and the kiss, if you will. Um, and, and I think this is a really well done porter where you still get base beer because base beer is very important. Uh, you know, the, we, we mentioned about it earlier in craft beer. If you can dream it up, you can make it. Uh, but why do that just to lose the base beer? Um, so the base beer is, is very well uh, um, uh, informed and in, in, in your glass, uh, but you, you get those great nuances, and then we kept it very local by working with Carabella, and they're, they're a fantastic partner of us. It's terrific. You, you guys are talking about just being a kiss, and I, this is just a small sample, and as I get down to this point, like I, th- that coffee to me is, is definitely there. It's this, this backbone to the beer that after you, you, you know, get through the other flavors and stuff, it's definitely like, I mean... And again, um, like um, I said, aroma-wise, it's a bomb. I mean, I can't imagine somebody would tell you that they don't think there's enough coffee in it. Yeah, oh, I mean, you know, everybody's well, I think got I, an I opinion. I see it on I've, the like, flavor when you taste it. Like, I didn't get coffee right away. I got more of like a sort of like a, I don't even know. Which, I didn't get coffee. Which to me is, is perfect. I mean, that's, that's I want it. Fun, you know, I, yeah, I want you to realize there's coffee at the end of the beer. Like, oh my gosh, I was drinking a beer I, for I, 20 I, minutes. I smell more coffee than I taste. Uh, now, yeah. I mean, you know, 90% of what you taste is, of what you smell is what you taste. But, um, you know, I, I, I get a lot more coffee on the bouquet. Right, yes, in, indeed. When, when you bring this beer up underneath your nose, it, it smells like a you've got shot. a real a nice, shot. strong cup of coffee underneath Dopio. your nose. And, uh, you know, it, it, one word for this beer is just smooth. I mean, it just drinks right down. And the thing that I love about this is most coffee beers that people make throughout the throughout the nation the coffee kind of lingers and lingers and lingers and as it's lingering it's getting bitter but with this one it just falls off with the roast of the of the grain and it's got a real nice clean finish it's smooth it's well balanced well, great well, great tasting and, and another and another thing that i notice about this particular beer is is a lot of coffee beers that you get have a it's it's a coffee and cream or something like and, and this one along with a couple of other notable notable exceptions from around here it's just coffee it's like black coffee yeah. it doesn't well, you have know, a coffee and sugar coffee and cream you know there are no there are no vanilla overtones or anything like that it's just flat out coffee and so, i guess that comes from using the whole bean like you said well not only that but like i mentioned earlier this beer has been sitting for a while which actually <laughs> is great uh a lot of the carbonation is dissipated and it has allowed it uh at the temperature that it is uh you know which to a lot of people would be a pretty warm beer it actually i i'm tasting it at this point uh more uh different than i have yeah. any other time because that coffee is coming through like it is almost um uh, I do a lot of, uh, what do they call that? Uh, French, fancy. French press French or pour over pour or whatever. Over. Yeah, pour, pour over. over. Yeah. yeah, it tastes like a pour over. Yeah. I could put this in front of somebody and might, maybe they think it's a cup of coffee. At this point. <laughs> and and, and th- that's one thing we should mention. So these beers were tapped over an hour ago. So <laughs> some of them, so the last ones we're, we're getting in it. Ch- it which is not a bad thing. Which I love. I love that. You know, I think sometimes we, we drink beer way too cold. Um, you know, we, we talked earlier about, you know, flavors and things like that and 
Uh, you know, there's a whole idea of, of brewers and distillers and winemakers that have this concept of what their product should taste like. And when it's served over chilled, you, you lose that. Uh, so I, I, I love what we're doing right now uh, in tasting this flight. Well, that's, I, you know, I love I, when I talk to people and I tell them that I drink every night, they think I'm crazy. But I tell them, you know, there's nights where I only have one or two beers sure. because I'll sit there and I'll drink it all night yeah. long. If yeah. you, like, especially a beer like that, if you. If you're working your way through a howler or something like that, right. th- if you haven't sitting out, that beer is going to be completely different from the time you first crack it open to the time you are going to bed. Like well, it, it's it's so fun to me to see how that beer changes and it, how it. And a lot of a lot of my staff thinks I'm crazy because I, I'll grab beers right out the box and pop them open. Right. But that's the, their their room or cellar temp, and then let's enjoy them with the flavors that are right there. Let, let's not hide them. You right. know. So. Uh, Angie has found us uh, some various questions from uh, social media, and uh, Tina's going to go ahead and uh, give those to us right now. All right, so from at Old Lou Brew um, on Twitter, they said, uh, four months or less from opening in Louisville, Kentucky, what would you have done differently when you guys opened? Everything. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. No, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> there, there, there you go. Old there you Lou go, Brew. for Lou Brew. <laughs> done, done differently. I mean, you know, we're a pretty unique atmosphere. Uh, I don't know if we're the right person to ask that. Uh, you know, we, we are a brewery in the back of the largest retailer in the country. Uh, so if you're planning to do that, um, you, you you can't. Uh, and yeah. um, I, I I would uh, you know, it's hard to ask us that. I mean, we're a very 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 unique. One of a kind There's situation. There's space right there. Somebody else could. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> just right. Kick your desk out of the way. Yeah, you. I mean, like Danny said, we. There's no roadmap, you know. Um, as with many other breweries out there, I mean, we're not the only one. I mean, there's really not a roadmap. This is kind of a new industry. Uh, Ten years ago look at the percentage that we had of the total. And I think, I think my advice would be, be, be willing to change at any moment. Any, any cons- Flexibility? Yes. If you have an idea, be, be ready to be open and ad- adapt. Because be willing to adapt. Well, and here's another second. thing that you guys, that's really, really unique about you, about you guys is, is 20 feet from us, right here where we sit tonight, are hundreds if not thousands, of the best craft beers in the world. 7,000. And not only from... Wow, that's from, I, I mean, I just look across where I can see Rogue, Sierra Nevada, Lagunitas, Anchor, uh, 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 Green Flash. Sell it. Sell it. And then not only that, but, oh, you, got a whole, but you got a whole other wall over there with, with Mad Tree, Braxton, yeah. Mount Carmel. You know, right on down the line of all the best, and 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 you're doing your and you're doing your thing in here too, and you're stacking up right next to the, (laughs) (laughs) and you're stacking your beers, your package right up against them. So you are you are competing directly, which a lot as you mentioned earlier, a lot of a lot of craft brewers are not doing. Uh, You know, they don't have any competition in their in their. Tapper. Does something like this exist anywhere else in the country where there is a brewery in a store? I mean, obviously not this size, but in the sem- world? It does, it does, I, I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. think so. Um, we, we, we can't 
you know, exactly say. Uh, yeah, I really don't think so. I, I, I don't know if people around Cincinnati really understand that. And I tell you, it's amazing that people walk in here every day, every, literally every day, and, and say, there's a brewery here? Uh, wow. you I know, never knew you people were here. I've never wow. made it. I've never made it this far back in the store. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, every day. I mean, my my desk is on the floor, which is really unique too, and, and probably crazy and, and doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but um, I mean, so I hear everything, and um, you know, I hear every day people that say. Uh, they have a brewery. What's what's eight ball? Where's eight ball? Uh, I've never been back, this back in the store, and um, so so every day we're, we're every day we're touching people. Every, I mean, every day we're, we're bringing people in to this environment that we've created, and uh, we're, we're gaining people uh, in this experience, and um, it's it's amazing. It's, it's it's amazing to see that fruition come through. Thanks thanks for the question. Was that what did you say for? It's uh, at Old Lou Brew. At Old Lou Brew. Okay. Old Lou Brew. Uh, be ready to adapt. Be ready to adapt. Perfect. Next one. Next one is from at Raging Hop. Are we going to see more sours in the future? Yes. Here's one. Beautiful. Here's one right here yeah. in your screen. Um, Raging Hop. We have to get a shout out. He's in the house tonight. That's what I've been drinking all night. Uh, well, off to the side. That's my palate it's cleanser. So you're holding your out on us. It's your okay. side beer. That's my side beer, my palate we, cleanser. We um, fully support side beers on Sensei yeah, Brewcast. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the beer we just tapped on Friday along with uh, two others, which are Yoga Pants and the beer we're about to try now, which is Foursome that has been barrel-aged, is Little Richard, which is a berry sour. Uh, for so many years, I tried staying away from them, sours and wilds, because they scared me because I wanted to make clean, palatable beer. Uh, so after, you know, so many years, I got brave, uh, tried a kettle sour, and uh, we all loved it. We all loved drinking it. And that was uh, Dalton's Creek, which is a whole nother story against the grain. Look it up. It's pretty cool. Uh, but the beer turned out nice, and we wanted to do it again, so we made Little Richard, which is um, a berry sour. It's got uh, Tutti Frutti or Rudy, of course. <laughs> it's got uh, blackberry, raspberry, and tart cherry. So, um, you know, yes, we will try I, to make many more sours. I, I think you were really impressed on how easy and uncomplicated kettle sour was. Well, yeah, uh, thanks for bringing that up, Danny, because I owe a lot of credit to Pat at Rheingeist and Luke, uh, who I actually used to work with at Rock Bottom. Uh, I had never made one. They uh, kind of guided me, if you will, and it uh, turned out really nice. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, know, you, you realize uh, it only takes 120-plus degrees to kill lactobacillus, so... <laughs> Try it out. So it's, this uh, it's really it it might be one of the more unique things I've had so far this you know so far since we've been in the year that we've been doing the show. I mean it's just really really complex, interesting. It's not for everybody, but the more I the the more I taste it, the more I I definitely get where you're going, and I. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> well, and you, we were talking about the. I the, mean, I think it's. I think I. I think it's really good. I, really, I mean, it's got I, raisiny, and it's. It's and I love tart cherry, and it's just amazing. I think it's amazing. It it makes me want. You know, we were talking about the the Cincy Beer Fest collaboration stuff earlier, to have you guys 
with Urban Artifact and have you have these these nerdy, wild, sour guys to, 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 to do something with. I think I just called you guys nerds. No, I was talking about <laughs> Urban Artifact, actually. I'm a nerd. I feel like you guys are not even in, in the realm of nerdiness compared to them, but this... To me, this is this is this is right up that that, and, that wheelhouse, and it, I really like it. And an amazing kind of way to end the flight. Just the, the the biggest, strongest, most you know most flavorful, powerful one that you guys are serving. Yeah, right yeah. Now. You guys are definitely so. you guys are definitely on the foursome now, which uh, <laughs> is the barrel aged beer that we did with uh, Nugna. We uh, end with the foursome. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is all about golf. We love right, golf. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, so Nugna, uh, a Norwegian brewery, Danny was like, yo, I know these guys. They're going to be in town. You guys want to make a beer? I thought, well, my aunt lives in Norway, and I have a Norwegian uncle. Why not? True story. Um, and um, we, we exchanged emails uh, back and forth for a while. They were going to be in town at an event that Danny goes to every year that Shelton Brother throws. And, um, yeah, it was a great experience. I think it was Keep Virgil's in mind, this does not happen to other breweries. This is it not doesn't. just, this is, like, you just talk about it like it's, oh, yeah, you know, they, you got this it, message that it, they were in town. It, it doesn't. That does it, not it happen. Doesn't. You know, uh, you know I, I, I knew. We felt very fortunate. <laughs> I, I knew the guys from Nugna, and um, we had never done a collaboration before, and so I, I heard that there was interest, and they were willing to fly back from L.A. with me to Kentucky, and uh, they were very open for whatever, and uh, you know, we, we struck a chord with them over email, and they came back, and they were very easy. To, I mean, Ed with Nugna is yeah, an Ed amazing dude, um, and... We thought, what were we gonna do? We did a we did a quadruple and um, with blackberries, blackberries, yeah. and right, it really right. was a true collaboration. I mean, you, collaborations can mean anything, uh, but or nothing. You know, he was he was definitely highly involved with the recipe. I give him Cincy beer fest, yeah. brew week. Yep, and yep. Uh, yeah, Ed. I mean. It was just a cool experience. It was actually my first collaboration ever. Uh, we've only done two. We've done one with Nugna and one with Against the Grain, which hasn't even been released yet. But uh, anyway, this beer was brewed a year and a half ago. Uh, it was brewed uh, on Virgil's first week at the brewery, which was a whole nother cool yeah, experience. Yeah. And um, we decided to barrel age it. So it's a Belgian quad aged, uh, well, a Belgian quad with blackberries added during fermentation. So it, the blackberries ferment it out. So you're not left with a bunch of juice. You're left with that, you know, tartness that blackberries have, which I think in the barrel age version actually came out even more. So uh, this was barrel aged for 14 months. Um, it is 16% alcohol and it is pretty What's the intense. alcohol? We 32 won. proof <laughs> which uh, we're very fortunate again <laughs> you know we've, we've, had, we've had that discussion on the show a hundred times about it, does it make sense in Ohio to raise the, the, the limit and this is why yes it does it no makes, it, it doesn't makes, no it does it <laughs> makes sense <laughs> keep it in Kentucky and, and, and listen <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you guys I'll tell you guys well we're going to take a short break here 
And we're going to get to that and a couple of other questions that sort of the, the, and wrap it up here. And party uh, sources going to take us at out. Eight Ball Brewing in Bellevue, Kentucky, Newport, Kentucky. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Sean Willingham from Municipal Brewworks in Hamilton, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Good, but a little less shatter. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Perfect. A little less shatter. I wish she would have been on tape. I wish she had a mic in front of her. You know what? No beer for you. <laughs> something. Okay, all right, all right, all right. A little fun with Sean Willingham. They're getting close over at Municipal. There's a lot of breweries coming online, folks. I drive by like twice a week. Uh, uh, and and uh, as we wrap it up here from uh, 8 Ball, they're getting, I think they're getting ready to kick us out. Uh, Peanut, uh, I asked you earlier about the Cincinnati craft beer explosion. Do you... Do, you know, do you have any special pers- perspective on it? I mean, what is your, you know, what is your impression on it? Do you think it's sustainable? Do you think it's something that's good, bad? What have you seen from different places that maybe you don't like? At the, at this point in the craft brew revolution around this area, I do feel that it's sustainable. Uh, the the fact of the matter is. All the brewers that I know, and I know most of them, that they all interact. You know, it's not like it is in the wine world where everybody's got their little trade secrets and nobody wants to let anybody know what the left hand's doing or the right hand's doing. These guys, they hang out together, they drink together, they collaborate on beers. It's it's a big happy group of brewers and you know it, it it's just really a good thing it really is i i love it i i don't have well i do have a favorite beer at the moment it's uh foursome <laughs> my favorite beer is the one in front of me all the rest are reminiscence or anticipation i'm, I'm gonna nice. bring you one of my home brews just to get you on tape saying this is your favorite beer ever <laughs> and i i also i also want to say that with this foursome, when you start talking proof on beer, it's time to watch your consumption. Oh, yeah. And so that was something that we were going to come up with. The And it was a question I had written down here, the ABV here in Kentucky. You can brew something like this in Ohio. You can. No cap. Yeah, yeah. And we're fortunate, uh, as in many areas at this brewery, uh, to also be a part of New Rift Distilling, which is our you know sister company. And they have an alkalizer. In order to own a distillery, the federal government will not give you a distillery license until you own an alkalizer. So we get to test our beer on that and get the exact 
ABV. So we're very fortunate. Whereas we don't want brewery, that in Ohio. In a brewery to obtain, <laughs> you know, a brewery license, you don't you don't have to have that. We have hydrometers and we have other areas of, of testing that. But yeah, so we know exactly what what we're putting out, which is uh, pretty neat. I, I mean, some Ohio brewers we we've, we've asked. Uh, we just played a drop with uh, Sean, and, and we talked uh, talk to Steve Sean and several other guys. Brett from uh, Urban Artifact. I guess it just depends on what you want to do. They seem to think that the Ohio limitation doesn't—it doesn't bother them that much because they basically say, "Well, we're not—we don't ever have any idea that it, that we're going to brew a 17 or 18 percent beer." Um, um, one, uh, uh, one of the other guys that we talked to said, "Well, it would be nice just so we don't have to be." Exact. In other words, it'd be you know we we bring something in at twelve point one or twelve point two, at least then we're not illegal, you know. Um, but with something like this, you know what we have in front of us is as Peanut said, it 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 shows that there is definitely room for to have this kind of beer in in any kind of brewery's repertoire. Well, we we didn't set out to make a sixteen percent beer. Just happened. No. It's uh, it's it's insane to me that you walk across the river and if Mad Tree makes us, they're breaking the law. Right. Like this right. is too good for that to exist in the United States. That it doesn't make sense. So so I work with a lot of breweries uh, with under the Quaff Brothers label, and um, so I mean the conversation comes up a lot. Uh, and, and we've actually made a couple of beers, and, and we have some beers in the works through the Quaff label that uh, are going to exploit that uh, through Kentucky. Um, not as a challenge, um, but us as brewers and brothers, um, we we enjoy those beers. Uh, if, as long as long as there's a, again, I, I think you probably have heard it. I'm gonna guess 27 times tonight. Balance and harmony. Th- th- that's what it's all about. That's the that's the end result. Uh, it doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter the profile. It doesn't matter the base beer. It doesn't matter the um, barrel aging or, or ingredients or anything else. We, we want balance and harmony, and there can still be, obviously, a balance and a harmony by brewing a beer that is over 12%. Right. Um, so we, we have some brothers in that Quaff label that uh, look forward to exploiting that and using it um, because it also allows you to use some really great ingredients. Uh, let's up the sugars by adding different things. What, what do you do? What happens then? Your alcohol rises. Uh, that's okay. So, um, you know, uh, although uh, o- Ohio doesn't allow it to go above 12, uh, there's definitely those Ohio breweries that uh, aren't against it. Um, I know for a fact many of them uh, would love to take on projects that uh, allow them to go above uh, because they're handcuffed otherwise. And, and who wants handcuffs? Just take the handcuffs off. So are you going to name anybody that's, that's No, I'm not. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. Switzerland. Hey, well, I, I want to ask you guys a question, though. Can, I, can I backtrack just We've never second? been asked but, a question. Well, I don't think so, yeah. We need some kind of sound well, effect for that. It's yeah. a Cincy Brewcast first. This is why I'm doing it. Because, um, and I'm going to steal this from uh, somebody. Uh, why is it that the question is always asked that are breweries going to be oversaturated? How come the question uh, isn't we don't that ask that question anymore. muffler shops aren't <laughs> oversaturated? And I'm stealing this question from uh, Van Havoc from Gigantic Brewing out of Portland because he uh, actually, I worked with Van and he had a lot to do with, you know, 
the good, the decent beer that, that I try to make. Paper? But how come, how come the question isn't? Uh, are there too many yeah. wineries? Shops, wineries, if you want to throw it into shops, it's a, it's all a, these, all these other businesses, McDonald's. What about dollar stores? I mean, I'll, I'll say what I think, and it's, it's sort of like you see it from a different point of view once you, once somebody tells you this. But um, I think that it's because everybody has this natural inclination to think that everybody wants to be like the biggest or everybody wants to be the best or the most popular or go national or whatever. Um, and But then when you change your perspective to look at it as like it's more of a neighborhood thing or like a community thing, that's when you sort of realize like, okay, like now I get it, there's not, you know, my I live in Oakley, so Mad Tree is where I go. And, um, and just soon to be tap and screw. Yeah, just because I, I can like, you know, it's a three minute drive and I think, so when you look at it more of like a, it's like your neighborhood bar, your neighborhood brewery, like the place that you can just like kick it all the time and it feels like home, um, that sort of makes a little bit more sense when you look at it that way than versus thinking that everything's a competition or everybody is um, sort of in, a, like in a race to be the biggest or the most popular, or whatever. Are you guys? My, yeah, and that's that's kind of my answer too. I, I, I exist as the gnarly gnome because I feel like beer is bigger than a brewery. I mean, you guys are a piece of what Cincinnati beer is. And I, you know, I feel like there needs to be something that ties all that together. And that is, to me, what craft beer is, is that, that tie of everything together. It's not this brewery or that brewery. It's it's this bigger picture. And that's, I think that that's what separates us community. from well, muffin well, shops. Well, every, every camp out needs somebody who's going to piss on the fire. <laughs> So Go what ahead. I what I found we don't have enough God. time for this. What I found what I found today, <laughs> what I found yeah, today. Are you saying it stinks in here? Was was uh, John Taffer, who people may or may not know. John Taffer uh, yeah, 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 is involved beer. with uh, Bar Rescue <laughs> on television. Bar Rescue. Oh, have you ever um, watched that show? His, I love that show. Oh, do the, you? I think it's total BS. This is his commentary, and I'll just read it verbatim uh, where I found it from uh, the. Um, it is the, uh, what is it, uh, Cheers Magazine, uh, posted today on Cheers Twitter somewhere. Magazine. I find the whole craft beer craze fascinating. A lot of the core brands in America, Budweiser, Coors, etc., have taken a real hit from it. Some of these brands, they've never lost market share in their entire existence. They're scared by it, so they panic and turn executives over. Craft beer has created a culture, not a trend. A trend grabs market share and then disappears and gives it back. A culture grabs market share and then keeps it. The craft beer culture isn't going anywhere in America. 100% agree with that. 100%. Hooray. Go 100%. John Taffer. On, on, yeah, 100%. But on the next note, he but. says, <laughs> but then, he, but says then he, shits on it. he okay. says, okay, that yeah. said, I think about 60% of craft beer basically sucks. I've been to a lot of the facilities. They're not exactly clean. They're rookie run. The problem is that people are now looking at craft beer as an investment opportunity. They're getting into it to make money. Many people don't get into it for the love of making beer. Of course, that's not how it began. Jim Cook founded Boston Beer because he loves to make beer. But today, it is much more in the investment space. That's why I think there's going to be a washout in craft beer over the next two years. Half the craft breweries are going to disappear. And the word craft will become known more for spirits. I, 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 I've heard that argument, and I will say that there are definitely people in even Cincinnati that are in it for the money, but they're still making good beer. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, we've had this but argument I mean, there are time so many, and time again. There are some out there that aren't making good beer, and those are the ones that need to go away. No. Not necessarily no, 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 the no, ones no, no, that no. 
Well, I'm just saying. You know, I like. I think that. Who is making beer that is bad? I'm not going to say it. Well, then you then you can't use it as an argument if you're not going to okay. say it. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, gonna to go with the. It, it, I'm going to answer the question, and what I, what I think the que- the answer, in my opinion, is is that I think it's becoming more and more local. I think it's becoming micro local. It's becoming not just Bellevue. But or not just Newport here at Party Source, but then actually Bellevue over at Darkness, uh, not just uh, sort of regionally north part of town a, a, as one place or another, but as Fibonacci on, on you know, and as and as and as micro, even like Mount Carmel citywide, but right there, right down at the end of my street, you know. And I think it's becoming just it's going to become more and more local. To where people are going to want to just be able to almost walk to where they get their beers. And I well, almost, to go, go ahead. ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just gonna say, I almost th- like wonder how, like, there there has to be a line for that, don't you think? Like, no. if there's no, I, until I, every neighborhood has a brewery, no, there's I, no line. But you know, no, I mean, like, when you get to the point where like more and more, there's multiple breweries in the same neighborhood. Well, I don't know that it's going to necessarily come to that. But even but if it does, again, if there's a brewery well, next I'm door. Well, I'm just saying, you know, it's going to be Tap and Screw and Mantry and Oakley, and those are both going to be places that I can walk to from my house. And, I mean, I hang out at Mantry anyway, so it's not really going to be a... So you that's make your choice. That's a long freaking walk down to but, Rock 10 from where you live. But you, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I think it would. It's not I, that bad. I, I want to hear what you guys going, think. Going, I want to hear what you guys think. So going back to John Taffer, right, He he's coming from a business perspective. Right. That's what he's saying. I mean, that first comment, you know, that first paragraph, if you will, couldn't agree more. That second paragraph, you know, I mean, that's his statement. He can have that. But I think where he's coming from on that second, no, st- where he's coming from on that second second statement, uh, you know, is a business perspective. That's what he does. He's a businessman. Um, I think that I know I got into this for uh, one reason, was to uh, enjoy life and uh, not worry about necessarily the money I made. That has changed in the grand scheme of things because, you know, we're what percentage of the market share? Uh, 18, right? I mean, we're, uh, it keeps growing. I mean, so, so it's becoming a real business, you know, five, six, Eight years ago, it it wasn't looked at as a real business. Now you have people on TV commenting about it, and that's 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 the best point to me is that it's not. This would exist without the business. If you could not make money from this, this would still exist somehow. Like it, it might not be people this would still big. Be making it at home. It or might whatever, not be yeah. this shiny. There might not be a fancy red porch swing sitting there, but. It would exist. Like it's it, it 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 will always exist. You can't take this away from people. It's about something bigger that I don't think business can understand. I, I couldn't agree more, and that's why I think it's going to morph into uh, whatever it's going to morph into. Which, in my opinion, is exactly what you guys have been talking about. Which is there's only so much self shelf space. So what's after that? It's uh, you know a brew pub in your local community where you don't have to take an Uber to get to. Well, and again, I think one of the John Taffer, one of the things that John Taffer doesn't take into account is the fact that there are so many smart John people Taffer's in this by business, two. okay? That, I mean, there's, there, are, there are engineers, 
flavor chemists and people with degrees and architects and just it goes on and on and on. So they may not be business professionals, they may not have MBAs, but they're certainly extremely intelligent people and they got into it because they realized that what they really loved was brewing beer and they bring those engineering, scientific, uh, uh, you know, those types of, of, of attitudes toward the business and it just, it, it just beca it becomes incredibly successful. It that's, becomes, that's why I say you know, find a hippie that has listened to the Grateful Dead that also likes uh, <laughs> going into business school because that's who you want to partner with and that's who... You know, fortunately, we work with, with Ken, who um, exemplifies way more than that. But, you know, he's not just in it to make the next buck. He's in it to uh, respect and appreciate the product, the people that make the product, the people that run the business. And, uh, I mean, we are just more lucky than most out there. So, yeah, make friends with... Uh, you know, your businessmen that have gone to Grateful Dead shows is what I have to say. Well, one thing that I would like to just point out about one statement that he made in, in that commentary is that he says 60% of the craft brews suck, but that's completely subjective because, um, you know, everybody has a different palate. Something that I find absolutely delightful you might think is the most despicable drink you've ever had right, and right. vice versa. So, right. you know, that that's all totally subjective. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I do I like every beer that I try? Hell no, I don't like every beer that I try. But I, I never say that a beer sucks. Thank uh, you. If I don't like it, I say, well, doesn't suck. You right, know? right. No, what, what, what Penis says is I only have this one palate. To deal yes, with. I only have my poor palate to work with. I've heard it a thousand times. It's my favorite line. All right, I'm going to go down the line. One, one question each, and we're going to wrap it up because we're going on you almost. You started two hours this topic. Long. I could go uh, like four more hours. Yeah, I know, but you know, when you're doing something like this, you got to move on, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, Pina, I'm going to start with you. Um, what are you, what are you drinking now? What are you really liking besides eight ball? Triple Carmelite by Bastille. Well, Wow. You can't hardly go wrong with that. That's a, <laughs> that's a classic. I mean, that's a, it's an absolute classic. Quaff uh, Brothers, Danny, um, it's been a very busy last, you know, s several weeks with you. Uh, several of your uh, major collaborations have come online. Uh, we had the Space Barrel, uh, Space Taxi Barrel number 21 last week. What do you think? Amazing. Did you like just, it? You know, yeah. I, I, I'm and really we upset about, I don't have thank, another bottle. We thank talked you. about the great. Really we talked about the great part, and you really get the, I mean, the, the San Giovese. Yes. Uh, and, you know, what I, th you. what I thought was really? funny is I was cleaning up the kind of the empties at, at the end of the show when we were doing it with Mike, and it smelled like wine. It yes. smelled like we were always cleaning up yep. empty wine glasses. Yep. Yep. So, um, and it, what I wanted to ask you is kind of a, Goal is it kind of a something to mock or conjure other flavors? Is that something that brewers want to do? That, that you know. So so we never go for ad, adjunct flavors. That, that's never the, that's never the game plan of the idea. The idea is to um, continue with what Quaff Brothers is. Quaff Brothers is a brotherhood. It's a brotherhood between the party source uh, myself. And the local brewing community, and and which you've collaborated with 
damn near all of them now. All of them. Yeah. All of them. Um, you know, it, it's a neighborhood. It's a brotherhood. It's a trust. Uh, that, that's that's what Quaff is and what Quaff stands for. And I, I'm happy to be the face of it. Um, you know, the the idea is that um, we're, we're we like right brain. We like left field, which leaves everything <laughs> open. Um, and you know, we we do everything in barrels, whether it be bourbon or or wine or whiskey or sherry or or whatever. Um, and it allows brewers to really go off the cusp and have fun. And, cool. um, you know, th it's very organic ideas. Uh, you know, Under My Plum was a last-minute plum edition. Blue Melbourne was a last-minute uh, blueberry edition. Uh, I just sent 12 barrels to Rivertown. Mitch has got beer aged in Blanton barrels. Uh, Jackie O's has got a bunch of barrels. I mean, it, it, it's just, we're just having fun. I mean, the idea of 8-Ball when we created it, the idea of Quaff Brothers is, you know, we have such a respect for craft beer. If we can have a second in it, that's all we want. Right. Just, just, we just want a second. Just, give, get, just give us a second. A, and, a if you, and if you give me a second, I'll prove to you a minute, and then let's just go from there. And, and that's what we want to do. That's how we feel, too. I mean, yeah. you're really so honored to be, a, be just oh, this tiny, humbled. small part so uh, humbled of, of, the, of the business. So of the, of the so humbled movement. to see your beers on Ray Beer and checked in and untapped. Beyond humbled, it's amazing. I heard a little birdie told me that uh, one of these days Danny hopes that the Quaff Brothers will be able to convince Mitch to make a Quaff Brothers beer. It, it, it's in barrel right now. It's in Blanton barrels right now. There you go. Ah. It's happened. Breaking news. Yay! All right. <laughs> and I tasted well, it, and it's good. Well, Thank you, I, you, you know, Mitch. You know, Mitch. Um, then that I guess that kind of begs the question: What is there that you would like to brew that you haven't brewed yet, or something you brewed in the past you want to brew again? And 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 uh, kind of what's what can we expect to be next from you? Oh, hold on, real quick. So I first met Mitch and offered this guy the job right off the bat when he brewed a Belgian triple aged in brandy barrels and i think yeah. right now mitch has a belgian triple aged in brandy barrels yeah 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 that's a true story um yeah actually danny says that's the beer that you know got him hip to me was the belgian triple and brandy barrels and tripping is on top right now we Excellent. only we only ended up with a couple kegs of it because 90 percent of it went into brandy barrels uh which we were fortunate enough to get. And um, yeah, that'll age for a year, maybe two. I don't even know. Um, but How yeah, I'm, I'm digging these sours, man. I, I, for so many years, I wanted to, like I said, make clean, palatable beer and keep all bacteria out and just stay clean. And I realized, you know, I've been doing that for a while. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be brewing beer professionally for 11 years. And I guess, you know, if I end up I just fortunate that you know I uh, am comfortable enough to start going into that direction of sours and maybe even wilds for that matter which we've had you know a, a beer with Brett on for a while just stowed away so we'll see I mean you know again there's when you're given freedom you don't have these aspirations and goals of making the new next craziest thing you just kind of organically let it happen which uh, is a, a term that we use a lot around here we kind of joke about that term but 
um, yeah, I, I can't I can't nail it down because we just kind of do things as we please. Although uh, we did listen to everybody uh, and Mike Check, which is a Czech style mm -hmm. pilsner, which people demanded. Uh, so we're gonna brew that like five months six months out of this year i forget exactly and put some of it into cans so you know we make what people want and we make what we want to drink so. we, we're also connected to a distillery which is going to dump barrels in about two years so wow. wait for those barrels to get dumped roll down Newport. Roll down the hill. Roll down, roll the, down the hill. <laughs> we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna dump barrels. We're gonna roll them down the hill and give them to Mitch. And and and, and he'll take you'll get up. some of them too. He'll though, take right? over. He'll take over. Yeah, you'll get some too though. Danny I hope Redford. so. Okay, I cool. hope so. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, guys. Um, can't say I anything. I feel like we could go on. For yeah, we could hour. go on for a long time, but we, you know, we, we got to get out of here. They're going to kick us out. Peanut's going to fall asleep. Con <laughs> Continue. It's a past your bedtime, guys. Peanut. Thank you to the Marshawn Lynch of podcasts. <laughs> by the way, for the Skittles. Peanut Kales, Danny Gold, Cheers. Mitch Darty from Eight Ball Brewing here in uh, beautiful Newport slash Bellevue, Ohio. Covington. We certainly, Covington. Oh, said Ohio again. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, that's Wrong not state. it. <laughs> we can so edit listen, it. Uh, thank you guys very much. We certainly appreciate the time. Uh, Gnarly Gnome from the gnarlygnome.com. Thank you very much. Cheers. Keenan Cisneros at uh, Overlook Lodge. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks to everybody here at 8-Ball. Come check it out. They do have a brewery at the party source, and we are here tonight. Thank you very much, you guys, for having us. My name is Mike Cisneros. You've been listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Love you.